Welcome to Awaken Agile, where we talk all things agile. Today, we have a very special guest coming along to the show, David Williams, who's a Melbourne-based agile coach. Uh, he talks about the lean coffee that he, he runs and, and enjoys, uh, books to pick up and learning, and his journey uh, around where he started with agile and where he is today. So we really hope you enjoy it. Good morning, Jordan. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. We have a very special guest this morning. David, good morning. Thanks for joining us this morning. Uh, good morning, Jordan. Good morning, Adam. Nice to be here. Awesome. Again. Great. We've got now three people on the podcast for the first time, so I expect a bit of tripping over, which would just be a hell of a ride. <laughs> um, David, we have this tradition where we like to start with a bit of a check-in. Um, we might start there before we begin. Um, what has made you smile recently? Mm, great question. Uh, well, actually, last night um, uh, I went to a meetup and I saw in one of, we had a breakout session and someone said, "What did you want uh, from this year?" And um, they talked about smiling, and I just mentioned the word. When you said the word smile, I smiled. And so just saying that word makes me smile. That is cool. I like that. Um, nice. And Adam, what's made you smile recently? Uh, I got a haircut yesterday because I'm going back to the office next week. <laughs> so I need to look the part. And I was, yeah. in, I was in there with a bunch of, um, it was the day before return to school. So a bunch of mums were taking their sons into the barber to get their haircut. And, you know, the barbers were all saying, you're returning to school. You're going back to school tomorrow. Yeah, year, what year? Year five, year six, year seven. And I played along, and they asked me, "Are you going back to school tomorrow?" And I said, "Yeah, yeah, I'm going back to year seven. And we had a bit of a laugh and a smile, and you know, a um, bit of fun for the kids. So, yeah, nice. <laughs> awesome. How are you? <laughs> yeah, I was just going to say, aren't you going to ask me or no? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Well, that's made me smile. That's made me laugh. Um, you might have heard me talk about chess before, Adam. Um, I'm getting better at chess. My score is going up. I'm starting to beat people. I'm recognizing patterns and, um, and I'm laying down smackdowns. So I'm, I'm really enjoying that at the moment. It's making me smile. Chess <laughs> yes, smackdown. That, yeah, that's, like, that's, that's interesting. That's, <laughs> I'd like to see that. <laughs> like four move checkmate smackdown kind of deal. Wow. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that's, yeah. Yeah. But you only you only land those ones on the newbies. Otherwise, everyone recognises those couple moves. Anyway, en yeah. enough about chess. This, this isn't awakened chess, <laughs> right? So, David, I I've been wanting you on this podcast um, almost not long after we started um, because I, I thought it would just be interesting to ask you a few questions for the audience. Um, you're one of the most studious. Agile coaches I've ever met. You've always got something you're learning or you're writing or you're reading and you've taught us before some great ways to learn. You've asked interesting questions about how you learn, what kind of books you read, what kind of things you do outside of work. Um, so, I'd love to ask you some questions basically around that. 
Sure. So maybe just start with introducing yourself, David. Um, tell us about your Agile journey. Yeah, thanks, John. Um, uh, so I suppose my Agile journey started back in the 90s. Um, it might date me a little bit, but um, we'll skip past that quickly. Um, picked up some uh, a book about XP, Extreme Programming, and um, was sort of intrigued by that. And at the time, um, I was doing some software development stuff and uh, with some other guys, and uh, we, we were quite intrigued by it and thought there was something to it, but we just dabbled a little bit. We weren't too serious. Uh, fast forward a few years later, um, I was started to lead some people, and we were thinking about how do we how do we get this project delivered. And uh, I was getting a bit frustrated, and came across a, a book um, on I think it was something like project management with Scrum or something like that. It was a Microsoft Press book, and uh, I thought, oh, this sounds great. That's what we need. Like I just every page I turned, I thought, yeah, yeah, well, let's get some of this. So we started trying a few things, and um, didn't really work out very well. And then um, someone suggested, oh, you can get someone to help you with that. There's people that, like, teach you this stuff. And I go, really? So we looked up in the yellow pages. Um, uh, <laughs> and, uh, I think actually it was uh, we found someone online. There was internet back then. Uh, and, uh, and uh, yeah, it was, there wasn't many people, though, in, in Melbourne that, that could help us. And uh, we found one of the few consultancies that are offering people to come in and help implement something better than what we were trying and point out the fact that we were we were barely scratching the surface and that sparked a journey and and uh, went from there. So that was in the early 2000s and then um, uh, over many years continued to sort of evolve and develop knowledge around Scrum and Agile ways of working um, through various roles um, in the early days, mostly as a, a development manager and product manager and then introducing the concept to, to small teams and then more teams and more teams and then uh, uh, through a few roles um, ended up, I ended up being a project manager for a biomedical company um, and implementing, helping them uh, with their agile development there. They were very lean focused, which was great. Learned a lot more about lean in, in the application of it. And then... Um, and then after that role, decided that I'd like to, to get more into the pure coaching side of it and was lucky enough to um, land at uh, ANZ uh, and uh, really develop my, the coaching side a lot more at ANZ. So, yeah, um, that's sort of the, the career progression, if you like, started from that spark. I still remember today, you know, that's, that spark when you go from, oh, Actually, I need to know about that. It's not I want to know. I need to know and I want to know and I want to know more and this is really good and useful and, and it just never stopped from there. Fantastic. Quite the journey. Mm. Many years. <laughs> if, if you um, sliding doors, if you had your time over again, would you have chosen the same path, do you think? Yeah. Uh, I've thought about that question many times because <laughs> you hear... The, the, the question that gets asked to anyone that's been through hardship um, and they've arrived somewhere and they're, they're known for that hardship in a way, there's like some celebrity about it, and, they, and, you know, and they're always asked the same question, if you had your time over, would you do it again? And the answer is always the same, I wouldn't change a thing. <laughs> so it made me who I am and all that sort of stuff. Um, 
who knows what decisions I would make if I had the choice again with the knowledge that I have now. Probably wouldn't do everything exactly the same. It'd be different. Um, but I'm not unhappy with the choices because I really did enjoy um, every role that I've had. I think there's only one job I ever hated and I laughed at a day. Um, and I was about 20 or 21 at the time. And it was a sales role and I just figured out it wasn't for me mm. after mm. a day. <laughs> yeah, no, sales not my thing either. <laughs> I don't, yeah. Yeah, let's leave it there. <laughs> I don't know many coaches that like the domain of sales. <laughs> it's, it's a different breed, I think. <laughs> That's very diplomatically and well put. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Actually, um, truth be told, I, uh, there's a, a fellow that comes along to um, the Lean Coffee that I run who's a sales coach and uh, he, um, uh, he has given me a whole new perspective and uh, what's the right word, respect for the role of, of a really good salesperson mm-hmm. and the way they go about it um, and his perspective on, on and what he's brought, his knowledge about sales and, and how to do it. And he's learned from us as well. And it's like, it's been a really awesome mix. It's one of the most interesting people that uh, has come along to Lean Coffee. Excellent segue, David, because I was just about to ask you about that. Tell us more about your Lean Coffee. When did, you, when did you become a part of it? Did you start it? How does it work? Is it open to anyone? And, and what's the, what, what are some of the value things you find out of it? Well, there's a lot packed into that. Yep. Um, <laughs> So it uh, started, I went to a lean coffee, uh, let's call it four or five years ago, maybe, maybe even six years ago. Um, it was called the Eastern Suburbs Lean Coffee. I went to my first one and there was about three or four people there. And within less than four months, it, it, it collapsed and was no more. And so I really got in on the tail end of it. Um, part of the reason was most of the people that went there came from one particular company that was located in the eastern suburbs, which then moved to Richmond, and so then the support base fell away. So that meant that lean coffee of any size existed in central Melbourne, but I was working in the eastern suburbs, so there was a, there was a problem. So, uh, but I was intrigued after the first few, and I decided, all right, I'm going I'm to get in there and have a look. So I, one day I jumped on the train early one morning and, and went into the city, went to this lean coffee and was just amazed at the, the people that were there and the conversations they were having that were far more advanced than anything that I'd been talking about for, for years. And I thought, wow, I want to get me some more of this. Um, and so listen to that. Then I had to catch the train back out of the city and then go to work because my work was in the eastern suburbs. Uh, so then... But the experience was so good, I thought, oh, well, I'll just do that. So every Tuesday morning, I'd get up at 6 o'clock in the morning. I'd catch an – well, actually, I used to drive to work or near work. There was a train station there. Jump on the train, go in, do lean coffee, come back out, jump in my car and do the last couple of minutes to work. Um, And uh, it seemed to work out pretty good in terms of trying to arrange everything. It just meant I got to work at 9.30 in the morning. Luckily, there was some flexibility in my timing and catching up an hour or so of work in the morning wasn't hard. But the return was huge, just the people I met, uh, things I learned. um, And, you know, so I just – I remember being there just so um, struck by the the intelligence of the group and the power of that that group, uh, collective intelligence – was just enormous. Mm. Uh, and so I just sat there for weeks and weeks and weeks, just listening, 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 hardly saying a thing, but absorbing so much. 
And how does your lean coffee work? Just for the listeners that not not quite sure what a lean coffee is, how do you how do you run a lean coffee? Yeah, so lean coffee is is an agendaless meeting, um, which starts by creating the agenda. So it's just a group of people that come together that know there's going to be some usefulness in the discussion. Um, there tends to be a theme around agility generally because it's the type of people that are there, so lean and agile principles, practices, and, and related topics. Um, but it doesn't have to be. Um, anything and everything is welcome. Um, politics usually avoided, but occasionally it's popped up. Um, and so we, we create an agenda and then we just uh, run five-minute time boxes to talk about each topic and then uh, vote whether or not to continue the conversation if it's proving useful. And then when we run out of time, the a lot of time, the meeting's finished and hopefully people have got value out of it. So invariably, um, you know, people bring problems or things that are just interesting they want to discuss and debate. And uh, so you usually, if you, particularly if you put a topic down, you'll get great value out of it. And even if you don't, you'll often get great value anyway just from the listening to what others are banging on about. So is this, uh, is this open to anyone? Yeah, it's a public group. Um, it's on meetup.com, Melbourne Lane Coffee, every Tuesday morning. Um, we've been virtual now since uh, March last year and uh, we'll continue to be virtual for um, much of this year by the looks of things, but we're going to dabble with in-person. I think we've sort of said maybe once a month at the moment, but um, we'll just see how things work out and whether that's practical or not. Um, uh, the, the issue now is we've got a few virtual friends that won't be able to come to a physical meeting because they are not located near enough to, to be able to come. So we're trying to think about how to, to accommodate those things, but we also know that the, the physical in-person meetings are, are really valuable too. So um, we're just thinking about how we might mix that up a bit. Excellent. Adam, you had a question? I was just going to ask you, Jack, that, like yeah. with, with COVID and having to, having to be quarantined and, and at home, did, did you find the transition easy to go from the, the coffee shop to a, to a virtual so, so, space? Yeah. Um, we experimented pretty quickly with um, a couple of virtual tools, Zoom and a local product called Video Facilitator. And we also experimented with how to um, do the post-it notes because we used to use physical post-it notes for, for our agenda. And so we, we tried a flinger board and um, it worked straight away. So we just stuck with that. Um, I know there's some other groups using other tools, but that's the one we, we tried and we just keep using it, keeps working. Um, we've settled on Video Facilitator. It's quite nice. It's an Australian product. Um, it's about the same price as running a, a basic Zoom account. So um, and it's got some interesting capabilities in it that Zoom doesn't have that make it nice to facilitate the, the session. So we're sort of stuck with that. Excellent. Um, I'm concerned, David, that you might need to start up another one just because of our tens of listeners that will come in and fly into Lean Coffee. It's going to get too big for you. I think you might need to separate it out. Um, it's, a great, it's a great concern, and I had that concern early on. Um, I, I wrote an article about Lean Coffee. At the, it's in, on my LinkedIn account um, about the history of it and the value of it, and there was a lot of comments coming back saying, you're going to need a bigger meeting room with all of this mm. attention. And um, uh, to be honest, maybe I'm not a very good writer because there was no flood of people. And um, the, the only flood we had was early on when we first went virtual. Um, we had, uh, I think, maybe even up to 30 people. So normally we'd have around average of 10, let's say. Um, and there's a 
core group and then there's people that come and go and it's just that's just the way it, it ebbs and flows and depends on the time of year but yeah noticed very early on we had a, a, we, we we sort of grew and we started worrying about oh what if we get too big how are we going to manage that we're going to need multiple rooms we're going to split up and, and, and we did a little bit of that early on but then people sort of figured out that it wasn't necessarily what they needed to do every Tuesday morning and it wasn't for them and that sort of thing and so we just ended up sort of basically going back to where we were and maybe even people have started getting even a little bit tired of um, virtual meetings because we do them all day and so some of the some of the people that were regulars have tailed off a bit as well so I think going back to physical will be a good invigoration of of the format again but you know we're experimenting and learning and and that's been the history of lean coffee over many years that it has gone up and down I mean there's been times when maybe two people have turned up and there's been other times where we've had 16 people crowded around one table and they didn't want to split. So it's sort of it's just this massive group of people, um, no social distancing and all that sort of stuff back then. Oh, excellent. Yeah, David, I've, I've been, as you know, I've been to a few of your lean coffees and I've loved it. I've felt super welcomed. I, I found it fascinating because there are so many different coaches from so many different organizations. So there's just different kinds of knowledge that gets shared. Um, and a lot of quite matured agile coaches as well. So, um, you know, me as a scrum master, a couple of years old in, in the, in the craft. Um, it's, it's just, yeah. Awesome. And it's free. I mean, all that knowledge, mm. that's what got me in the early days. It's just free. And then you make friends, uh, friends that I've made through that amazing, um, you know, I've got people from that group that'll be, well, can I say lifetime friends? I'll be long friends, long-time friends, you know, until such time as, as you know, uh, we don't have a common interest for whatever reason. Um, but, you know, there's lots of people I could call on easily now and ask for help, advice, friendship, whatever, um, because of, you know, that connection. It, it feels, you know, like a really supportive group. Awesome. David, over to books. I can't wait to ask you this question. Um, you have read lots of Agile books um, and you recommend lots of Agile books. What, what are some of the best Agile books or Scrum books that you've read? Um, what would you recommend to new people in the Agile Scrum domain, uh, intermediate and advanced, if that question's not too, mm. too, too packed for you? <laughs> Maybe uh, I'm going to give you an answer that maybe you're not expecting, um, and I'm not going to. I'll give you some books in a moment, but maybe there's a, there's a different question to be asked first, which is how do you get a passion for reading books? Mm. Because there's no point me giving a whole list of books and then you then you, you're not really interested or you don't absorb them. Um, so at some point you've got to address the fact that there is all this knowledge out there, but how are you going to access it? How are you going to get a passion for reading? So maybe the the question to ask yourself is around that um, because I recall um, I went for decades not reading books um, in, in my early software development career. Occasionally I'd pick something up. And this is back when books were the way to get knowledge because there wasn't internet of any, any sort. Um, but, yeah, and, and even to this day I very rarely read fiction um, I, I occasionally now, because I read so much, uh, you know, career-related self-development and other things, um, I decided that occasionally I'll read a fiction book, whereas other people might already read a lot of fiction or they just don't read anything. There is a large percentage of the population just does, does not read. 
So I think you've got to think about that first, um, like, um, and work out what, what does reading mean for you if you are going to start reading and how are you going to absorb the material. Um, so once I started learning and got a bit of a spark, um, then that really, that sort of accelerated things. You know, start off slow, read one or two a year, and then still now it's like um, until just recently I was reading probably at least one every couple of weeks. Wow. Um, but uh, I've noticed over the last few months that slowed right down. I sort of gave myself a bit of permission to just slow down. Things have been, been a tough year, have a break, and now I'm sort of looking around thinking, I think I need to start up again. Um, so um, I've got a whole pile of books <laughs> on my book list that I want to start reading um, and maybe be a little bit more deliberate this year about reading. As, so quite often I might have three or four books on the go. <laughs> so... That's my thoughts about reading. Um, have a little think about your reading process, like what's reading for you and how are you going to approach it. But if you are going to pick up a book, um, there are many great books out there. Um, what would I recommend? Wow. Um, the first one that comes to mind is The Goal by Eli. Il- I probably can't pronounce this correctly, but Ilray Goldrat. I think it's quite an old book. Uh, on um, theory of constraints. Um, I think that uh, that's an awesome book, Um, just as uh, some great background for thinking about things differently. Um, There's a newer book called The Phoenix Project, which might be more accessible because it's sort of set in the IT context, uh, whereas the goal is set in more of a factory context. Um, but either way, they're both around the theory of constraints, which is uh, which is pretty interesting. But if early, earlier, that might, that might be a more sort of intermediate sort of level. Um, if you're looking for the beginner books, you know, I often mention Scrum Mastery by Jeff Watts. Um, the Scrum Guide is the other one that I mm-hmm. usually recommend people read. If they haven't read it, there's people running around calling themselves Scrum Masters that haven't even read Scrum Guide. And it's the smallest book on Scrum. It's the most, and it's the reference on Scrum. And um, every time you read it, you can get more information out of it because it's so sneaky in the way, in its simplicity. Um, so I highly recommend that. And it's updated from, uh, you know, every few years. A new a new version came out recently. So um, yeah, I would recommend those for for beginners. And then there's a bunch of other things um, that you can read. Um, there's probably something else I want to mention around um, uh, passion and drive. I was thinking about this because you, you mentioned you were going to talk about, we were going to talk a little bit about learning and reading and I was thinking about my own journey and I was on my run this morning and uh, I was thinking about um, how do you accelerate your learning and the metaphor that came to me was, you know, when you, you watch those movies about um, space exploration and they have to do the, they accelerate around a planet. You do a gravity thing around a planet and it, I, I don't know the, the physics of it, but somehow it's sling, a slingshot basically around a planet um, going close enough and, uh, and, and slinging out of it. And I was thinking, what are the planets that I've swung around over the last decade that have really accelerated me? And um, I think the first thing was this, there was some planet that gave me that spark 
I mentioned that earlier, that first book and seeing things are differently. And, and, and I need, you need that spark to get you going. Yep. And, and it's, it's that passion or that future that you can see that creates um, the spark that you can use now to, to, to move forward. And then um, I think um, another, another planet that I swung around was the first coach um, that then sort of set me off in a direction and sort of set me straight a little bit more. Um, definitely the first Lean Coffee was another planet I swung around. Um, my first, um, in Melbourne, we have a thing called Last Conference, and it's a community-based conference. It's not one of these big um, commercially organised. It's more about the local people talking to the local people, and that really sparked me again, just the, the people there, the energy, the connection. The, and then um, just seeing those the people that were getting up to speak, I thought, I wonder if I could do that one day. Well, a couple of years later, I was up there speaking to people and I had about 10 people in a room and I thought it was going to be a disaster and they all said it was okay. I think um, so that was another planet I swung around. Then a couple of years after that, I went back and, and, and spoke and I had about 70 people in a room to speak to and, you know, there was a huge clap at the end and gave me a real, again, another slingshot out of there going, oh, wow, that was interesting. So they really did appreciate um, the stuff that I, that I was talking about. Um, yeah, so there's lots of, there's probably other planets. Um, another big planet probably worth touching on would be Kinevan. Um, uh, and the change in thinking that I got when I swung around that planet, um, that was really eye-opening for me um, and doing some training. And I continue to go to meetups around Kinevan because I find the value in, the, in understanding complexity and, and systems and so forth. So, yeah, lots of planets to yeah. visit. Adam, what's your thoughts? Um, apart from the blower vac going on next door, you could probably hear that. I shouldn't have um, asked. Uh, but I've, so I've been on mute for a while. Um, that's a super interesting story. I love, I love Dave's story. I love hearing him tell it. Um, yeah, uh, there's, my, my initial thought is there's so much content that you can go out and, and get access to and learn, whether it's via a book or via a, a, you know, a, a meetup or a meeting or a conference or an online webinar. You, you, there's just so much out there to consume. Um, it, you just gotta, you just got to make the time to do it. Um, or, or give yourself the space to go and do it. That's that's yeah. that's the advice I would I would give. Um, you know, yeah, just just go and consume something because you will learn something every time you you do it. Uh, whatever it is, um, yeah. I'll I'll go back on mute because that that's really annoying that noise. <laughs> no, that's that's excellent, and I I really do love David that analogy about the planets, and um, Scrum Mastery by Jeff Watts was my first book as well, and that that was my planet absolutely. Uh, so I, I second that recommendation, um, David. Just to finish up, thanks so much for joining us. Um, what is your what's your one word of advice to scrum masters or coaches out there? What's what's your one line of advice that you would give people? Um, I didn't prep you for this question. Sorry. No, it's okay. The, the first thing that's coming to mind is to step forward, not backwards. Um, so uh, have an idea of the direction you want to step in, but just keep stepping forward, um, being, 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 and be curious. So, uh, yeah, don't, don't be afraid. Don't procrastinate. Actually, I, that reminds me, I was 
talking about procrastination with someone else last night as one of my demons. Um, so don't procrastinate. Step forward. Have an idea of which direction you want to go in, but be curious and open to the possibilities that are there. That's awesome. David, thanks very much for joining us. Absolute pleasure. I really enjoyed it. It was great fun. Thanks for having me and um, be awesome. You too. Thank you. Okay. Bye now. Bye. Thanks so much for listening, everyone. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. You can follow David Williams on LinkedIn. Um, we will add the link for his Lean Coffee and the article he spoke about that he wrote as well. Um, so please do go check that out. The Lean Coffee is welcome to anyone worldwide. So don't be afraid. Uh, and please, if you uh, haven't yet, provide us any feedback on Facebook or Twitter at Awaken Agile. You can follow us on LinkedIn, Jordan Bailey and Adam Murray. And um, also, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, give us a rating. I'm assuming that your podcast is a um, audio only, not a video. The video is just for our benefit. Yeah, at the moment. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. So I hit record when you ask that question. So we'll put that in the bloopers, probably. I'll do that again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was kind of going okay. Yeah. <laughs>